0: In today's episode, I'm speaking with Nupin from the FI Club. The topic is going to be building the FI mindset. A principle, how to build and nurture the mindset to get yourself to financial independence and the journey, the tools that come with that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your host, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. So hello, everybody. Welcome back again to the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Today, I've got Nipun from Ireland with me. Hi, Nipun. Alvar, Thanks for having me here. And I very much hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly all the time. Yes, it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> perfect. So, Nipun, just want to ask if you could give the audience a very quick breakdown of where you are about the 20-second or 90-second elevator pitch about yourself.
1: Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Nippon Katuria. I'm from basically from India, but I've been living in Ireland for the last nine years. Uh, myself, my background is I, have been in, I was a software engineer before. I did my MBA, uh, and I've been working in retail and marketing since last nine years in Ireland. Very much interested in FI and something that we'll be talking about today. But yeah, from background, I'm a business professional. Nice one. And how did you first come in touch with financial independence? See, my first introduction to financial independence, I think, like, consciously it was uh, in 2015. And I think that was something that, like, I was introduced to as, as a word uh, by Tony Robbins. Uh, so I attended uh, Tony Robbins' UPW, uh, Unleash the Power Within, in London. And I think he, like, I was following him a lot as well. And I think he talked about financial independence for the first time. And that kind of led me to doing more research around the concept, what it means, and I think what we can do and what tactics are available. So I think it was five to six years ago when I was first introduced to that. Gotcha.
0: And um, so obviously that's how you got started with it. Yeah. And then obviously you were living in Ireland and we were just talking about, so you've got your family in Ireland, right? You're working there. Is your whole fire plan like based around Ireland? It's
1: it's it's a moving plan, I, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> see, see I, I came in 20, um, 2011, as I was saying, when my plan was to head back to India, I was on a sabbatical from my... So I was doing a consulting uh, work in India as well. Uh, but what happened eventually was that, you know, like your plans never materialize in the same <laughs> way. So some do, some don't. Uh, and and then I'm here, I am. I took the Irish citizenship last year. So my plan is to stay in Ireland And uh, I think that the five plan is I'm trying to mix it out and kind of diversify as well, because I have a really good mix of kind of being from a developing country, emerging market. So what I'm trying to do is that trying to divide my investments between the developed markets such as Ireland and US where I mainly invest versus kind of India. And I try to shift and kind of move the balance depending on how things are going. So at the time when I was Previously, I think India was seen as the, the biggest growth engine after China. And I did a lot of investments in India. But then after that, I, I, I saw that a you know, lot of political things and geopolitical aspects that were happening back home, which kind of changed. Uh, and, and India is no longer as much attractive. Uh, as an investment market, as compared to the other markets that are there, so I'm trying to kind of rebalance towards investing more in Ireland, and uh, that would be my focus uh, in coming years as well. So I think more on the Western side, on more on the stability rather than on the geopolitical side where things are not are very uncertain and you cannot have a FI uh, <laughs>
0: Being in India, <laughs> uh, fair enough. And your investments are they mainly ETFs or Vanguard.
1: Uh, so like, again, I started investing and that was before, even before my, uh, I knew anything about financial independence. And I think this was something that we were briefly kind of talking about previously in our earlier call as well. Uh, so I started investing in mutual funds. That was before I realized the cost involved in the mutual funds. But again, I was investing in India and the returns were much higher to even th- think about the 1% cost or the uh, you know what the agents used to take away or what the platforms were taking away. So I was not that much kind of conscious about the 1% or 2% cost involved because you were getting 10 to 12% returns on an annual basis. But I think then I was introduced to the FI concept and then I realized about the index funds. And so what I've done is that over the course of a few years, I've shifted my investments from mutual funds to index funds. Uh, mainly, I invest in the uh, the stock markets in India as well as in S and P five hundred. Mm-hmm. I, I do not invest much in Ireland. Uh, again, just that's that's my personal. Uh, there's no kind of hard something about that Ireland's market. Do not do. I think any market does equally well if when it comes to the index funds. And I think that's one thing that I'm doing. I'm very much investing in real estate, and that is a pillar where I would like to go more and kind of invest more in. So uh, I've kind of found a few partners with whom I'm investing more in Ireland. Uh, so we have kind of built a company and can kind of register a company over the coronavirus. Been, then, we have more time to think about that. So we kind of we thought, you know, let's let's do it in the proper professional way. And and the real estate thing triggered uh, because obviously you know everyone wants to have a home. I bought a house in in India first. I think it was 2015, and that was the first decision that I ever made. Uh, the, the point being that you know it's we sometimes make a decision uh, like and that was pre-fi pre pre-fi as in pre when I was introduced mm-hmm. to the fi. I think it's it's a lot of uh, decisions are emotional decisions, and me buying a house in India was because I uh, I was lacking a proper plan of where I want to retire and kind of have my you know second part of life or you know where I want to grow. It was more around you know having a place closer to the home. And uh, the yields in Indian market is very low. And I think yield is a very important parameter that we always talk about. And that was an emotional decision for me. And uh, that's why I'm, I'm trying to shift towards more, towards Ireland and in real estate, where the yields are kind of 8 to 10% uh, in real estate. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's a mix of those two, which I will be playing around more with.
0: Okay, nice. one. also very interesting just to hear... Um, I've never had anybody who invested in the Indian market this specifically before. So it's interesting to get yeah. your take on it. And in the end, you know, we all have to ask ourselves, where can we invest best, get the maximum return with the least amount of effort? And what are we happy with comfortable? Do we have a personal bias towards a country, And even if they they might not be the best returns, but if we are more comfortable with that, that makes yeah. us emotionally more able to invest, then you can make a case that that. Could be your preference, and that's also a nice pivot into the main topic of today: building the Fi mindset. Because we've had um, a couple phone calls now together, where we really discussed. Okay, we're seeing so much chaos around now in the market. People are getting stressed. If there's one thing you're seeing right now in all the Reddit and Facebook groups, it's just, "What do I do? Do I have to sell?" And I think the worst panic is over now, but it's definitely it has tested everybody's ability of okay. Can I stick to the course and not sell? And should I buy more? I think that's a question many people are asking themselves. And I mean, the questions to those are relatively straightforward, but the actual ability to yourself stay stable, um, either through information, either through being emotionally happy with your investment choices, that's what we're going to dive into today. And I know you also got a background in economics yourself, you've experienced uh, you've already explained a bit of your own journey. So if you look at the last uh, months, how have you felt yourself and how have you tried to deal
1: with it? Uh, that's a great question. And I think I'll take a step back and I'll try to kind of set the stage first. So I think that we, we need to study uh, what's happening at a macro level in the economy and I think not get stressed out. So we'll come on the mindset aspect after this. But I think My background had been I studied economics for five years. I did my master's in business where we also studied economy. So I I have a fair understanding. I'm not an expert, uh, but I I would say that I do understand it slightly better than some of the other people. Uh, So from that point of view and from the research that I've done, the economy is the market is such that it always gets right at the end. Coronavirus is something that, yeah, again, we, we, haven't, we had never seen this before. This was the first time this kind of a virus came in. We had different sorts of viruses, pandemics, uh, wars. So, you know, it, the, the reason of a depression or a recession in the market could be anything. Uh, you know, if you look back and if you look at all the kind of dips in the markets that we have had, the originating reason for that, those dips, had been different. And you'll always see that those do not reoccur. The point being that they will always happen. And usually markets go down by 25, 30, 40%. There is no kind of standard benchmark. The only thing that we know is that they go down. The recession period lasts for uh, 50, let's say, I'm just saying 15 months to two years to three years, depending on the uh, scale of that. And then eventually the markets come back, right? To understand the fundamentals of why the economies come back is that obviously because of all the politics and all the government's initiatives involved, that obviously every country has to come back to its normal. Uh, the second reason being that uh, you know, the, the companies and the investors, that, you know, they try their best to make sure that you know, things are put in right place because they want to earn more money as well. And because all the stocks and all the indices and all the mutual funds that we invest in is of bigger companies, all those bigger companies, they have to make sure that everything gets back to normal. So, you know, there there are a lot of big minds that are in play there, which would bring things back to normal. And the third thing, which I recently learned from uh, Ray Dalio, I'm not sure, but many people, I'm assuming that uh, most of you are aware of Ray Dalio, and he talks a lot about productivity. So in the long run, the productivity always improves. So with all the industrialization, the technology, uh, innovation, AI, and the machine learning that we're talking about now what will happen is that the productivity of all the people over here will go up. And if the productivity goes up, the GDP of the country, uh, the you know, income of people, that will go up. So eventually, the point being that the graph would always be upper in the long run with some uh, kind of troughs uh, from the peaks uh, that we are seeing right now. So I think that having faith in the market, having faith in the economy, it might take some time for some countries. It might take some time f- uh, for this particular pandemic. But eventually, if you go back from early 90s to where we are now, uh, I think most of these depressions or recessions, uh, depending on where, where uh, things go from here, uh, they go back to normal in long run. We just need to have faith. We just need to be in the market rather than getting out of the market at this stage uh, and stay put. Just a very quick question for yourself. What is your
0: understanding of a recession, like as in uh, economic drop-wise?
1: I think that there's a lot of uh, kind of school of thoughts. uh, And I think that 20% drop. So we have a bear market, then you have a recession, uh, which is kind of, I think they say that if uh, the market drops continuously for three successive quarters by 20% or so, then it leads to a uh, kind of recession. And then further, if it's beyond that, then it's a depression. Uh, I think one of the uh, kind of resources that I would suggest your audience to go into would be, if you look at how economy works, there's a video from Ray Dalio, and absolutely brilliant. And I think this is something that they do not teach you in school, that you won't find in most of the podcasts that we listen to. I think how economy works by ray dalio and he clearly explains in terms of you know what is a bear market what is a recession and what is a depression now according to ray dalio uh, we might be in a depression stage which is slightly worse than a recession uh, and which could be similar to what we might be seeing in the 30s and the 40s uh, and then he talks about what are the good things that might come out of it and eventually like it doesn't matter whether we are in a recession or a depression the point being that the market is below Uh, than what we were expecting. Uh, But I think from here on, eventually it will grow up. Uh, And and there are a couple of areas that Ray Dalio talks about, uh, you know, what the governments could be doing and why we will get out. Uh, And the the bottom, the the most important point being that the the countries would start printing more money and will take out of uh, this particular situation. So yes, we might be in a recession or depression, but I think the ultimate thing that we should know is that we will get out of it. Uh, We have to stay put. And make sure that we don't lose our mindset. Okay. And also, just ask: Why is it
0: important for me as an investor to know this? Why should I be aware of how the economics function and the fact that the markets will come back up?
1: I think you have to be aware so that you make the right choices. I think one of the most important kind of powers that we have as humans to is to make the right choice. Uh, like, if you think that I think most of the profits in the markets are taken up by the top 5 or 10%. It's the Pareto rule that we have. And that's because the rest, 80 to 90% of the population, they make decisions, wrong decisions at the wrong time, right? Or maybe the right decision, but the timing is wrong. And I think understanding that timing is very important. And I think, let's say, if you talk about the, the month of March, right? We didn't know that the market was bottoming out at that time. The market may still drop. If you look at the indices, the market has grown from there right? Uh, but you wouldn't have predicted it. But the only thing that we knew was that this is a time when you should invest more rather than take out your investments. And I think that is something that we should all know that eventually in the long, long run, because the GDP of the countries has to grow, you know, you cannot assume that, let's say, UK or Ireland, the GDP would decline by 10% now from now on till 2030. That will never happen. Uh, but in the long run, things would always grow. And I think if we have, if we know that basic principle, I think that will give us a lot of comfort, a really good night's sleep. And I think people would make the right decision by investing more in a downturn rather than taking out the money in a downturn. Okay,
0: fair enough. And when you say economy will always grow in the long run, obviously you mentioned productivity. And what role do, for example, dividends and inflation and just in principle also just profit play into that? 'Cause if we look at, for example, the average return of seven percent over the last hundred twenty years, like I feel there are more components than also, for example, just productivity growth to that. Like if you look at kind of the returns we're making, would you say those are kind of like the components or is there anything we're still missing then?
1: You know, I think that the returns that we are making, uh, they they might grow or they might decline uh, in in the future. Then again, the commodities might change. So if you look at uh, the current scenario right now, you know, it's in the market. What happens is that, uh, you know, there's always a shift that's happening. The total sum value usually remains the same in terms of, you know, the money is coming from here or to there. It might be coming into the stock market from commodities. It might be coming in the stock market from real estate. So it's kind of it's changing hands, okay? Uh, if you remove the factor that we are, we are printing more money, you know, that's an additional thing. Uh, but it's just changing hands. So I think we have, to be, uh, we have to be aware of where we should be investing. So, for example, right now, the gold prices and, uh, are kind of higher than what they were before because people are taking out money from the real estate market. Now, these are the people who are not aware of, uh, that the markets would come back. Up and they are kind of very much. There is a fear factor that the markets may go go down further. So I think you should be aware there will always be an opportunity. And I think if you are afraid, the best thing for you is to stay put. You talked about interest rates, and I think interest rates is a param. It's it's more of a toolkit that the governments have in hand to kind of control the inflation and the returns that you are getting. Uh, The ultimate aim uh, is, and I'm uh, sorry, I'm not getting any lecture on the economics right now, uh, but it's it's just that, you know, that is a tool that uh, the governments use to control inflation and how much returns we are getting. Okay. So I think interest rates uh, may go down and up depending on how much inflation, but the net game could not be that much different from what we had before.
0: So we can agree on kind of to summarize, recessions come and go. The average returns will stay on what they are, averagely speaking. But we'll simply see drops and it goes up and down. And we've discussed kind of like the components where this return is coming from and which economic factors influence those returns. And we can go into enormous depths on how they're constructed and where they come from. But I don't think I think that goes beyond the scope of the purpose of this discussion. This is just to set the stage. And from here, I think it's also important to jump over to the individual investor, because me as an investor, I pretty much, I got three choices. I can do nothing. I can buy or I can sell. And within those three choices, I've got to navigate. And there's so many little variations I could utilize. And what I've had many friends, I'm sure you've had it yourself as well, reaching out asking, what do I do? Shall I buy now? Is this the right moment? And they pretty much got the three choices. Do nothing, buy or sell. Well, if they own nothing yet, yeah, they can only buy. But the thing I always pretty much come back to I don't believe in timing the market. It's time in the market beats timing the market. And the principle that if you try to time the market, you, you know, I'm sure some people will get lucky. But you, I've tried it myself many times. And to be very fair, I've been more successful than less successful. But it's because the markets only went up over the last 10 years over and over again. Pretty much anything you bought went up. So that is more to do with luck than my skill as an investor. The principle. The data suggests simply invest, don't try time and it works out, but that's easier said than done. So my question for yourself, Nikon, in terms of mindset, what
1: should an investor be aware of? What, what should they do? Um see so I think mindset, and thanks for raising that that particular section, because I think what I have realized is that you know we are on this journey for or five. And I think it's not a sprint. And as I was talking to you earlier, that it's a journey. It, it, it's, it's a marathon. And it, it will take 7, 10, 15, 20 years, depending on where you are, when you started, how aggressive you are. And I think it's, it's, it's a long-run journey. And we may f- see three to four more recessions from now and bear markets from today by the time we get financially independent, depending on the person. So I think that the only choice that we have right now is to make sure that we have the right mindset. By mindset, I mean that, you know, we are calm, we are grounded. One of the aspects that we touch upon is that knowing that having faith in the normal process of the markets to go back to normal uh, in in a couple of months or a couple of years time. And I think that the mental stability is very important. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, those personal uh, development or the peak performance coaches uh, such as Tony Robbins. And I I did mention that earlier in the podcast as well. And I think that mindset having the right state of mind is very important no matter if you are on five journey or if you're working as a professional or no matter what kind of uh, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're a housewife or whatever the scenario is I think the mindset is very important why is it important because if you have the right mindset it helps you in the other aspects of your life as well so we always think of mindset as being a separate or two five or you know, rarely uh, we see any kind of journals or any articles. that talk about right mindset, uh, right uh, health or lifestyle, meditation. When it comes to fire, it's always talking about the P two P lending, the index funds, you know, the standard things that you see most of, in most of the uh, websites and other things that are available. So one of the things that I've learned from it's a Tony Robbins model that I have applied, and I've seen other kind of coaches that I work with have applied to their kind of teams as well. It's around the scope of the triad. So what a triad is that, you know, the ultimate objective is that we need to be happy, right? We want to become five because we want to be lead a happier life, right? That's the ultimate objective. You may layer it with something else in between, saying that you want to have more time, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the ultimate objective is to be happy, right? So to be happy, we have to make sure that whatever we do, we are doing that in the right state of mind, right? We are happy. We are getting that satisfaction, so Tony Robbins talks about that uh, there's the model of triad. And what triad stands for is the first thing is that you need to focus on the right things. So when you say the focus on the right things, we need to focus on things that we can control rather than the focus on things that we cannot control. An example would be that right now, you and me, we cannot control what's happening outside. There is no point in spending you know, five hours on Twitter or news media just wondering how the markets are collapsing or what's, what's going to happen. The things that we control, given that we can control on is, for example, you can upskill yourself, right? That's one thing that you can control on. You can take care of your health. You can spend more time with your family. There are a lot of things uh, like kind of uh, mentally and physically that you can do right now. Like go for a walk, go on a run. You know, Those are the things that you can control, but there are things that you cannot control. So I think depending on the time, focus on the things that you can control. That is number one. The second thing is around the physiology. So I think having a physical element in whatever you're doing. So going uh, for a walk, you just uh, you were just talking about you going for a walk in the morning today. So I think going for a walk, a jog, uh, having some physical element and not just sitting in front of the computer And just thinking out, uh, you know, when I'll go, when when I'll reach that state of fire, you know, uh, it's depressing all the time. So I think bringing that physical element is the second thing. And the third thing is the language. So we always talk about the language in terms of the communication with the external world. But we always forget about the language that we always use to talk to ourselves, right? And I think that language is very important. If we combine all those three, it could put us in the right state of mind. And that will help us understand or kind of identify opportunities outside of what we are doing right now, uh, kind of help us be calm and have a better communication with the person. And I think that having that peak, peak performance state is something that everyone of your listeners, everyone that I'm talking to as well, I think that is something that I want to leave them with. If there's one thing that they can take away from this podcast episode, I think that it should be focusing on the right mindset. And FI and our strategies could come afterwards. I love this. It makes... <laughs> no,
0: but it's generally because as the, the FI movement is very often just focused on the raw financials. Invest in this, save so much, get the job done. But being able to make the right choices, have the right mindset, and, and enhance the quality of the choices you can make can only be done by being in the correct mindset. Because... You've already mentioned it yourself, but what can we actually control in this whole journey? It's, obviously, you can control the cost you're spending on ETFs, etc., but that's just such a small piece of the pie. Because even if you pick the, most, the best ETFs in the world and the cheapest ones and the best performing, if you can only do that you know, 1% of your life and the other 99%, you feel so shitty that you pick horrible funds and you go day trading they go together hand in hand. And that's also why it's so important to spend time on this, crafting and nurturing. Uh, I, and that's really where I was looking for, nurturing your own mind and building the mental muscle to do these things. And I think for all of us, especially also myself, it's an ongoing project and work. It's not easy. And I don't think that's something you can leave in a sense of so obviously, we're all aware of our own uh, failures and you know, our limitations. But recognizing those and knowing, like, I know I'm an extremely stable investor and I would not just sell uh, in a rush or cash out and buy a Tesla somewhere. But me knowing that about myself is a strength. But at the same time, there will be moments where I either will feel weaker about it or components of my personality that will make my investment behavior less logical and more irrational. And I got to search for those. And if they're not, there, amazing. Perfect. Please teach me how to do it. (laughs) I think that's kind of like also my next question. How can you question yourself to find kind of like the personality traits that could make your investment behavior either less objectively good or less in line with your values?
1: How can you question yourself it's, it comes with practice. Uh, like even I think you're just saying that it's, it's something that we kind of, we are struggling with ourselves as well. So, I, <laughs> and I think that it's, it's uh, learning from other people who are doing that. And I think that is something that I believe in uh, that, you know, surrounding yourself with the people who are making those rational decisions and not kind of uh, getting themselves stuck in those scenarios that we're talking about. I think that is uh, truly important. And this, this kind of uh, brings me to one of the things that I'm kind of evaluating myself is around whom you are surrounding yourself with. And, and I think that uh, when it comes to FI, I, I make sure that I surround myself with kind of people who kind of stretch myself, me. And as you say, you know, you're the average of five people that surround you. Uh, and I think that surrounding yourself, having the right content uh, that you consume, that is truly important. But I think it comes from learning. I don't have any specific answers for you right now, uh, but I think that it comes with experience and it comes with uh, being with the right people. And I think mindset plays a really important role. It's just like meditation, right? If you tell me what is the best way to control your mind while you're sitting on meditation, there's no answer that I can do. And I think it's experience. You will yourself realize what are the objective, what are the kind of things that you can do to be more objective. Absolutely. And that's one of the
0: things I found also most helpful for myself. It's really just been reading gathering data, talking to others, becoming more comfortable with investing and also trying out things because in some ways you'll never know how it is to own a stock or an ETF until you've actually bought one and you've lost money. You've got to some extent feel it to realize and know
1: what it is. I mean, yeah, I'm sure... It's it's the emotion of, uh, you know, just winning or losing that kind of is the best teacher for you and not just uh, kind of passively uh, doing something and preaching about that. I think you have to be in the game.
0: Absolutely. And now, obviously, having talked about all this, the um, the kind of like the, the why it's so important, the what of like the economic framework around it, how it works and how our minds could influence it. I'm also just very curious, how do I get it done? What kind of tools are out there to make this easier? Because we've obviously already covered making yourself aware, meditation a little bit. And we were talking about it earlier together as well. And we kind of like applied it to our own lives. But I would just want to ask yourself the question, if you had to kind of like describe the main tools you can use to become better at this, to nurture your own mindset, what would they be? I think that
1: uh, there are a lot of tools and I think this is, not, this is nothing new. This exists. And I think a lot of people talk about that. I think the, the first thing is that make sure that you are consuming really good content, right? Uh, choose a really good podcast, like get outside of just being financially, you know, just following the financial podcast. And I, I think start consuming content more about mindset, about something that kind of enables. So see mindset as an enabler for your fire journey. It's not that's consuming or taking out time from your fire journey. It's, it's actually acting as a catalyst uh, in a sense. And, and it's kind of putting your kind of, you know, putting the right fuel uh, for you to get to that uh, destination. So I think that uh, making sure that, you know, there's there a lot of good podcasts that you can listen to. So I think starting with there uh, from there, the second is I think uh, having an exercise of gratitude in the morning. Uh, that is something that I, I try. And this is a tool that I've used. Uh, I think a lot of people maintain journals, uh, And I think this kind of gratitude seems like a very woo-woo kind of a thing. You know, some people believe in that. Some people do not believe in that. But I think that this really helps. So if you are, let's say, 10% in your fire journey, 20%, 30%, 80%, I think having that sense of uh, gratitude and thank, uh, you know, thanking whatever, whoever has helped you till there. I think that is a really key important, key skill set. Third is we talked about Meditation. And I think that meditation does help uh, you be calm and, and uh, you know grounded. And uh, we don't see the benefits of meditation in an instant. Now, even I, like I used to do meditation for five to 10 minutes and now I've started doing for 25, 30 minutes and I see the difference uh, and kind of this helps you uh, make this kind of well-balanced decisions in your financial and your professional life as well. So I think that if you try to bring those subtle changes, don't try to bring kind of drastic change all on advance because you will lose the momentum and then you will go back to your normal self. I think pick something, pick uh, like model someone, uh, pick a really good podcast or person, and just model it after them. And I think from there on, see what works for you, what doesn't work for you and tweak it from there. Any particular apps you're using yourself in meditation nowadays? Yeah, so I think I've used a calm and headspace. Uh, so it depends on what your personal choice is. Uh, I, I do a lot of meditation now on, um, like, using some of the YouTube videos as well. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, since coronavirus, you will find that there are a lot of uh, meditation or spiritual teachers who are doing free meditation or live meditation on YouTube now. So I think they'd say it's an excellent occasion for you to kind of get on that bandwagon of uh, uh, helping yourself with meditation. So I think those two have been really powerful apps. And I think anyone who wants to give it a try, uh, I think uh, start with either or. Depends on what your uh, choices are, uh, Calm and Headspace. Uh, I think we, we we both agreed that I think we found Calm much better than <laughs> uh, Headspace but it's a personal choice. No, <laughs> oh, indeed. I played around with both of them. And it's also yeah. they often come up with deals
0: where you can use them for free for a month or so. So I would just wait for whenever one of those comes up.
1: Yeah, and I think that the Spotify has some. I think free uh, meditation as well, and and I think if you have Google Home or Alexa as well, there are lots of free content in in that as well. So you don't need to pay for meditation. No,
0: exactly. And in the end, it is about getting started, creating the framework, and getting it done, and not about whatever whatever platform or, or T-shirt you're using. So I think that's extremely helpful, and also. Like it will hopefully help people just to become informed and make better choices. I would also just quickly want to point out, we got two episodes I would recommend people listening to. One, to become more aware. And two, just to cover the principles of FI a bit better. And it lines in nicely with the episodes we've just covered. So that would be to start episode 46, the why and what of uh, financial independence. And thirdly, an episode I did with Mario, a couple of weeks ago, ETF investing and FI made simple, which is pretty much, OK, let's break down FI to its very basics and dive into the ETFs and the mechanics behind them. And I find it ties in nicely with the discussion we've just had earlier about the mechanics of um, a recession of economics and also partly the mechanics of the mind. So to kind of like take it from there and slowly uh, round it up. So obviously, Ipun, I know you also got your own podcast. And you've obviously shown some amazing wisdom with us. So if any of the listeners wants to get in touch, how
1: can they reach you? Yeah. So thanks for that. Uh, uh, My podcast name is DeFi Club. Uh, It's T-H-E-Fi, Financial Independence, F-I, F-I, Club. DeFi Club. uh, It's available on all the platforms. Uh, They can uh, reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, The handle is DeFi Club again. And Twitter is DeFi Club one. I couldn't get the, defi club and twitter so yeah those are the three uh, platforms where they can reach out to me perfect and obviously link to those in the
0: show notes and then to finish up with the last two questions kind of of today um if i had to ask yourself like usually we ask it more generic as in what is the one resource not well known you would recommend for us to check out but in like the light of the topic we were talking about today what would be like the one mindset resource you would recommend listeners to go and check out
1: I think that uh, like we, we covered that slightly and I, we talked about Ray Dalio and the basics of economy you know how economy works it's it's not something like it has to do mindset with the what happens in the market so I think that if your listeners can just go to youtube it's a 30 minutes video and I think that will clear a lot of your doubts which we couldn't cover during this podcast as well around how economy works and it's a very simple in layman terms and I think that is really key For you to see where things are. And then they can follow up from uh, Ray Dalio did a lot of interviews after that as well. Uh, That's a slightly older video. Uh, But I think start from there and then look into uh, the recent interviews that he had done. Now, we always, we sometimes go back to Warren Buffet as well, but he's not. Yeah, he doesn't speak that much. Uh, so I think Ray Dalio, how economy works. And from there on, look at his most recent interviews that he did. That would clear off 98% of your doubts in terms of what's happening and where the economy will go from now. Yeah, perfect.
0: I got one second suggestion I also wanted to add to that, which is the Investor's Podcast, which is a slightly more in-depth podcast and goes into the nitty Radio of Economics. But if you're really interested and you want to know more about it, please check those guys out as well. And then the last question of today, um, what would be the number one actionable tip you would give to somebody on the path to fire? So what is the one thing you feel like, okay, this
1: supercharges your journey? I think that we, for, for that particular thing, the, the only thing and which is the most boring thing, and that should supercharge you, but we have to start with the most boring aspects. Uh, I think it's the doing your expenses. A lot of us who start on the fire journey, we always think about investing and, you know, all the kind of the jargons that exist and the abbreviations that exist, which kind of stops people from taking the action. First thing that you should be doing is that take, making sure that you know how much you are spending on what particular categories, doing your expenses. I think that is a number one because you won't be able to reach five when you don't know what number is your, you know, what are your costs and how much number you want to get to, to get to five. So I think that doing your expenses, on a monthly basis, and knowing how much is your fixed expense and how much is a variable expense, let's say, and which are the categories where you're spending on, I think that is the key thing. You know, they always say that to have a, and a goal, you know, you need to know where you want to go, and where you want to go, you need to know what is the multiple that you want to have from where you are right now. So, forget about everything that exists. Just start with the expenses just go down I think there are a lot of apps that are available which kind of summarizes all your expenses into one place I recently heard that Revolut I think they, they started linking all your bank accounts into one and uh, so I think try anything that, that exists make sure you do your expenses once you have expenses that will give you a really good comfort on where you want to go and how much you need to generate from your passive sources to cover off and have a fine lifestyle perfect on that note thank you so much for your wisdom and see you next
0: time thank you And Matthias, do you think there are enough financial independence Facebook groups yet?
1: Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content
0: gotcha and also we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups on reddit in facebook groups the fight europe retreat obviously we organized and this is in the end the main reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you i learn more from you case studies answer questions and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger smarter and hopefully also richer people so you know matthias say i'm interested in this where do i find this
1: facebook group yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe podcast. See you in the group.
0: Thank you guys for listening to this episode.
1: We hope you learned
0: something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review.